Hi, and welcome to the Secret Sauce of Selling podcast, the ultimate guide and sales gym to unlocking the secrets of successful selling. I'm your host, James Abraham, and together with Novacy, uh, we have a mission to empower the best generation of sales professionals and business leaders the world has ever seen. And I'm super excited to be here with you today to share insights, tactics, and strategies to help you take your sales performance and sales leadership game to the next level. Delighted to have a super special guest tonight with us, uh, Hilton Burke. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, James. So Hilton and I go back uh, many years and we've known each other. Uh, we've pretty much seen everything in the industry out of uh, the, the tech industry out of Tel Aviv uh, grow. And Hilton's got a great sales background. And uh, today, Hilton is one of the top recruiters in the space. So Hilton, tell us a little bit about um, uh, who you are, what you do. And um, our topic, by the way, is how not to hire Mr. B. And so we're going to get to that in a moment. Hilton, take it away. Tell us uh, about yourself. Love it, James. Love the topic. Brilliant topic. Um, so my name is Hilton Burke. Been in the industry for uh, quite a while in the SaaS industry. The last three and a half years, I have my own uh, uh, Anglo Recruits recruiting agency specializing in hiring top class salespeople, SDRs, and mainly the go-to-market. So there's also customer success in there, business development, uh, and so on, working with uh, quite a number of the top companies here in Israel as well. That's in a nutshell. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, topic is how not to hire Mr. Bean. And um, I mean, Hilton, there's so much we can talk about when it comes to recruiting and hiring the right sales professional. And, and I like this conversation maybe to uh, give us the ability to you know, just take two angles on this. One is from a sales management perspective, and the other is from a sales person's perspective. So if you're a sales manager, listen out. And if you're a salesperson, listen out because we're going to give every angle here. So Hilton, tell us what we're talking about today. So I think what we need to look out for, I think I'm going to talk about from the sales management perspective, first of all, and then from the salesperson perspective. So sales manager, what do sales managers want? How are they going to pick out the right people or how not to pick out that Mr. Bean, right? So if you're looking for strong people, I always say grit is the most important quality. But what is grit? Right. Grit is passion. You need to have that passion, that drive, and that resilience. It's very difficult to find that out in the interview process. But there's a few ways to do that, you know, understanding the background. If they come from professional sports, I, I usually say, and I think we spoke about this earlier, professional sports people are very good salespeople because they're competitive, they like to drive, and they do well. So that's number one around that area. Um, I think. The other area is, you know, it's always, they always talk about experience versus skill set. And I had a conversation with uh, James, I think it could have even been you, about experience and skill set. I'm an advocate for helping people without experience get into the industry. I'm not saying they don't have to have uh, a little bit of experience, but I believe that somebody that can be trained is very is somebody that you that you can hire right if they are able if you're able to train them and you're able to take them in the right direction and they're willing to do that then that's somebody i definitely would hire with all those traits obviously with grit as well yeah i completely agree i have a rule hire for what you cannot for what you uh, cannot teach and there are things things are there are a few things that is very hard to train um i have definitely a mindset um behavior i mean can be done but it does take more cognitive abilities. Um, and I agree 100%. In sales, a lot of times when we're hiring someone with a lot of experience, 
what we're actually in, in, in many cases doing is we're hiring someone else's problems. And um, that experience can, for the most part, sometimes evolve into baggage and belief issues um, and limiting abilities. So I agree on that topic uh, for sure. Um, I'd like to look at this from the salesperson's perspective. And I love what you talked about when it comes to the sportsmanship, the competitiveness. And I, I agree 100%. One of my favorite questions is, you know, what sports do you like to do? Um, and just see how people deal with that question. Um, even if they're not, they don't do any sports. I'll just also, I think it's pretty cool to see how, how a salesperson or a candidate would deal with that question. But from a salesperson's perspective, if, if they're listening to us today, what do you think your best piece of advice would be in order for them to really understand what they should be bringing to these interviews in front of those managers to actually exhibit uh, the traits that you believe are important? Excellent. So I think one of the main traits, and I hear this a lot from hiring managers, why they didn't hire the person. Okay. And a lot of the reasons why they don't hire is passion. They don't see the passion for, they, they, they look at that person comes in for the interview and they're not passionate about it. Why they're not passionate. They haven't done the research about the, the product. They haven't, they, they, yeah. they don't really care about that position or the career. They just want to go and get a job. No, you need to do your research. You need to come in and show your passion. You are hungry. This is your one chance to get that job. Show the interview person that's interviewing you that you really want the job. Show them that you're yeah. excited about it. Show passion. I think that that lacks in a lot of uh, people's conversations. And if you have some successes, bring your brag book with you. Bring your brag book. It doesn't have to be sales successes. If you're a sportsman, for example, I'm, I'm going back to sports because sometimes you have people without experience in sales, but they are passionate, okay? And they can do the job. But if they are passionate, they can talk about the wins that they had in the, in the sports arena. They can talk about the hardest fights that they put up in the sports arena. It's all about the fight and about the passion together. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, we call we name this, this podcast, you know, how not to hire Mr. Bean. And, uh, many times I, I talk to business owners, sales leaders and stuff and CROs. And I, and I say, you know, we talk about this topic because everyone's going, they're doing the same mistakes over and over again. And I say, you know, um, they turn out telling me, you know, they feel that they've hired James Bond only to find out that they've hired Mr. Bean three months later. You know, it takes them three months to find the toilet, th three months to find the kitchen, another six months to tell their boss why they're not running the business right. They haven't sold anything. Um, and the multiply um, of failure is tremendous uh, on a sales uh, and an executive. It's like a 10x, a 10 to 25x of an annual salary. Even if you fire someone after three months, it's, it's ridiculous. That's like crazy money. Um, and so I love the, the point that you put on the passion. And, I, and, and do you know what passion means, by the way? Do you know what the word means? You know what a Latin word means and passion? What's the word? No, to die that. for. It means to die for. Yeah. And, and salespeople, I agree. They got to, yeah, you got to, you know, in, in sales, we say a lot um, about everyone wants to win the deal. But in order to win the deal, you got to be willing to lose the deal. Um, you got to, you know, you got to, if that makes any sense. So you got to be willing to lose the opportunity in order to win it. You got to be able to ask the tough questions and you got to be really confident with regards to why you're doing that. And that does come from passion. Um, a mentor of mine many years ago, gave me a, a bunch of things, like four or five things that he looks for um, in salespeople, non-negotiables. One is ambition and drive. Second is passion for success. Okay. So passion for success, exactly what you said. Commitment to do even the uncomfortable. Competitiveness. All right. And he said, bring people, you get people like that and you can make them the best. 
Um, and his name is Jerry Weinberg. He's a sound trainer in Detroit. Very, he's like an old, he's like an old timer sound trainer, like been doing this for many, many years. Um, amazing man. He's like the Yoda in our, in our network. Um, and he did say one interesting thing. He said, a lot of people want to be in sales because they like people. Disqualify them. If someone says to you, I want to get in sales because I like people, disqualify them because they're getting, they want looking to get their needs met. That, any of that resonate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I think that that's fantastic advice. It boils down to the competitiveness again. Sales is about competitiveness, but if you're in a team, it needs to be friendly competitiveness. You know, you don't want to go in there and have one of your teammates being like driving all over you. You want to have a group effort going. So I think that that definitely, definitely resonates with me, 100%. So what are the three biggest mistakes uh, hiring managers make from your point of view? The three biggest mistakes I think that they make, um, number one, you know, you have to identify the coachability in there and you can ask questions about mm. coachability in there. If they don't have that coachability, I think um, a lot of failures and why people don't pass that three months is the enablement and the training. So you want to set people up for success, right? So you want to understand from them what makes yeah. you succeed. And if they don't have the tools to succeed, I mean, you, 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 you've just set them up for, for failure yourself. So you need to give them those tools. It's very difficult to identify in the interview process um, these things. So I don't know if I would have like the top three. I wouldn't say three things, but the main thing is definitely is what are you going to give them and how are you going to be able to give them? Are they able to, are they coachable? Okay, that's very important to identify. And you can ask them tough questions in the interview and see how they react to those questions. Because if you drive them and you say, well, you're not going to be the best salesperson, why would you be the salesperson? You know, you give them a negative like impact and see how they take that. Oh, yeah. See how they, see how they handle objections in the interview, right? You can oh, see my God. They... Yeah, that's my definitely my favorite. Okay. And well, then I think it's Definitely throw them to the deep end. Definitely see how they overcome it and see how they bounce out of that. And if they're coachable, a good, I mean, for any sales manager that's listening, I mean, if when you're interviewing, one of my favorite questions would be, you know, Mr. Interviewee, let's pretend I would turn around and say to you right now that you're a really nice guy and all, but we're looking for winners. I just don't see it in you. What would you say? What would you do? Very yeah. And then I'll say to them, you know, I, I think it's a no. If I were to say to you, I think it's a no. What would you say? What would you do? And it is amazing. It, it astounds me how many people say, oh, I'll thank you for your time. I'm going to look for another opportunity. I'm like, what? You'd give up? That's when that coaching thing goes, starts to kick in. You'd give up? Why? You're not going to give up. And then you start, oh, let's say I gave you another chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree 100%. That is spot on. Um, one is identify coachability. But also I think the sales managers also need to know how to coach for the most part. I don't know. You know, a lot of them just don't even know how to coach. You know, they might be looking for it in their, in their, in their team. But what are your thoughts around that? By the way, there is another part to identify. Sorry, I'm going back. And that's also the technical side, right? Um, one of the biggest failures I had as a manager uh, um, is that Sometimes I used to hire people that didn't really have that technical niche. They didn't really, they got lost mm -hmm. in technology. So when it came to Salesforce, when it came yeah. to outreach, when it came to all those different enablement tools, they would get lost in that. So you need to make sure that they're able to use those and try and understand what kind of tools they use and if they uh, technically uh, adapt. Fair enough. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the environment today, you know, kind of where the economy is and uh, a lot of things going down. I know there was a lot of, 
a lot of people that were let off. I know the you know the recruitment interest kind of went down. I know things are starting to to, to climb back up again. What is your best advice for people that are looking for for a new role right now? What do you think uh, they should be doing that they weren't doing before? Um, how did should they be um, performing differently um, in the uh, work market? Um, and and you know just help them stand out. What are your thoughts? Okay, so the market is is like you said is picking up, right? There are some positive signs. There are some uh, signs out there that there um, are companies that are hiring, um, and it's looking it's looking positive. Now, my suggestion is not knocking on the back door, it's knocking on the front door. A lot of people just send their resumes just straight through a LinkedIn, uh, through the LinkedIn or through the website. I don't like that. There are three ways to do it. Number one is to find somebody in that company and go through a network. You need to fight your way in and you go through the network. So you go inside that company, find somebody and ask them to refer you. Okay, that's number one. Number two, you can go through recruiters who have good names and they know what they're doing. You go through them and they will be able to put your CV through. And then thirdly, you can go to the jobs boards and then the LinkedIn's. But that's the last stage. Don't do that first because there are so many people applying. Somebody told me yesterday that they got 300 LinkedIn applications and only five were worth conversations. And probably one of those might have gone to the next stage. So that's just to show you, like, it's, it's very sad that there's so many people on the market. But if you throw your CV in a pile, it's not going to go anywhere. Fair enough. Not, I agree 100%. I mean, oh, my God, I hope I can get away with uh, this uh, little uh, uh, commercial. Uh, but just so the, the listeners are listening. So if you have Santa training on your CV, like if you've done our program, by the way, the chance of you getting a job are way higher than you not having it on your resume, just so we're clear. Uh, so I would definitely throw in personal development. Uh, by the way, it doesn't have to be me. Okay, it doesn't have to be me. But definitely have that on your on your resume. Show people that you've been, show the companies that you've invested in yourselves. Yeah, I think that's another thing that companies are looking for these days. They're looking for the... Um, the personal investment, the, the the growth mindset, the abundant mindset, you know, the infinite game, as they call it. Uh, Simon Sinek calls it the infinite game. I think that's another thing these days that so many, so many companies are aware of and they understand that they'd rather have one A, real good A player than three C players or even two B players. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, bottom line is the, the world's changed and uh, now we're in real sales. We're not in order taking world anymore it's not you know it's not like a supermarket where you sit there and just wait for the order to fall in um this is really actually doing 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 the stuff and, and, and driving opportunities through the funnel okay i love it now here's another question onboarding so let's pretend they've on they've, they've decided okay they've made a decision now we can talk about the decision for hours but let's decide they've made a decision what do you find um are the key elements to success on that onboarding uh, process so that first three months Fantastic. So the first three months, I reckon you obviously have to understand the product that you're selling inside out. So it's product value proposition. Understand the product that you're selling. Understand your ICP, your audience, who you're targeting. Okay. Um, you need to understand um, at the end of the day what your value proposition is and how you're actually going to sell it to them. And I think internally how it works within the organization. So once you do your job, who do you need to coordinate with? Who do you need to collaborate with internally? There's a lot of internal stuff that needs to be done. Training, training, training. You need to be trained well before you get on 
the phones, right? It's like the sous chef um, for the sushi. Those guys, they don't, they don't make sushi until they've cooked rice for like a year, okay? Until they get yeah. that ingredient fine, right, fine-tuned. So if you don't get trained and you don't understand what you're selling, what the value proposition is, how to handle objections, okay, how to qualify properly, you're not going to be able to succeed. You need to understand. You need to but, listen. But I'm, to I'm confused. With Hilton, I don't understand. You're telling me that they need to learn all this stuff when they go into the company? Shouldn't they be bringing this in when they come? I mean, shouldn't well, someone know how to sell tomatoes, SaaS, I don't know, CRM? Uh, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a profession. I, I don't get it. What am I missing? I love, I love this. I love this. Why? Because everybody says, if you look at the, if you look at job descriptions, they say two years experience. Two years experience comes with two years baggage. You're not, oh, when, you, yeah. when you come into a different company, you're selling a different product. It's a different value proposition. It's a different sales process. Every company has a different sales process. They have different tools. So you're actually learning to ride the bicycle again, a different type of bicycle. You might know how to ride a mountain bike, but now you're going to learn to ride a racing bike. So, so you still need to know how to ride a bike. Well, exactly, exactly. You still need the basics of how to ride that bike. If you don't have the yeah. basics and the fundamentals. Absolutely. There's a, there's a great book. Um, it's, uh, and I, I highly recommend getting this. Um, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. All right. It's a no. David Sander original book you wrote, and uh, it is spot on on what you just mentioned. It is exactly. But at the end of the day, sales professionals need to be professionals or else they can't call themselves professional. They need to come in with the ability to ask the questions. You know, I mean, there's, there's some cognitive stuff that I'd be honest and tell you if I was recruiting, I wouldn't want to train my people on. I would. There are some basic things they need to come in with. There are some basic qualities, and and I don't think it's a technique thing. I think it's more of a mindset thing and a behavioral thing more than anything. So, is someone gutsy to ask tough questions? Is one guts? Is someone gutsy to pick up the phone and make a call call? Because if a salesperson, I don't really care where they are. I don't care if they're a BDR, SDR. I don't care if they're a sales executive, an account executive, a CS, customer success. I don't care if they can't pick up the phone. Even a sales engineer. I'm not kidding. If they can't pick up the phone and get an appointment with a stranger, then they really need to recheck their uh, their occupation and profession. I mean, bottom line is that's that the, that's the basic stuff. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think also putting yourself in front of the mirror, learning about what you're doing, right? So listen to yourself over and over again. Try and record yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, there's tools yeah. out there that record you, and you can understand exactly what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Listen to other people's calls. Listen to how they're doing. Yeah. Right. And, Absolutely. And that, that's part of the training is is when you mirroring people and listening to other people as well. So, and there's something I notice quite a bit, um, and I don't know if there are any salespeople out there that resonate. You know, they'll they'll apply for a role, they get in front of an HR person, they say part HR person has never sold anything in their entire life. They probably have some kind of cognitive bias as it is. You know. They're probably interviewing from the subconscious. Um, how common is that these days before a sales? I mean, come on. I mean, we've all been there. Anyone in sales, you've all, we've all been there. That we're super qualified for the role. We know we're qualified for the role. We get in front of an HR person and it just goes terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. I mean, is that is that still happening? I don't know. I haven't been interviewing for many, many years. 100% it's still happening. And why does it happen? If you look at the qualification process of that HR person, it's basically like 
a BD, a robotic BDR, right? Yep. They go through the questions and they just tick the boxes, okay? So there's a couple of questions. How much experience do you have? Um, do you know about Salesforce? Do you know about this? If they don't fall into that category, they're taken out of that box and that's yeah. it. So you have to understand how to go about that, how to go about the interview process and understand what they're going to ask you. So I always suggest looking at that job description and if there's something, if it says two years experience, how are you going to handle that objection in the interview with the HR lady? You don't have two years, but how do you answer it? Okay. You don't have yeah. two years specifically in this, but you do have a lot of experience in other areas. Yeah, 100%. I think another thing is salespeople and when they're applying, they need to be assertive, but also they need to know how to be vulnerable enough if they don't have what that company is. And that, you know, that job description, that's a wish list. Yeah. No way anyone would get everything on that list. And by the way, in most cases, I see a lot of companies, what they do is they just knock the list off someone else. They're just basically taking someone else's list and copied it. Uh, but that list is impossible to really hit. You can't, it's like, it's like finding the perfect wife or finding the perfect husband. It doesn't exist, right? Um, so, you know, these days, uh, I actually had a, it's interesting, I had a conversation recently with a client of mine. I'm, I have a lot of people work, you know, the, uh, that we train and they're just salespeople. They, put it, they pay their own way. They invest in themselves. And one gentleman, a really nice guy, younger guy, uh, he wanted to get into becoming this, like a BDR for a serious American company. Found a role, right? Now, he was working for a pretty crappy company before. And um, he goes through the process and he says to the, you know, they say to him, okay, you've passed everything. Now we just need two uh, references. And he calls me up, James, I, I don't have references. The old company I work for, they're, they're a crappy company. And I don't want my boss knowing that I'm looking for a new job. And I don't have anyone. I said, listen, dude, here's what you do. Just call up the recruiter and, and to the HR person in that company and say, listen, I think I have some bad news for you. And she's like, what is it? She says, he said, I, I, I need to, you know, I don't, I don't have two references for you. you. You probably would like to stop the process with me, right? Because, and he explained the, he explained the scenario. I, you know, I work for this company, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have two references. I mean, I can get a couple of people that know me, but I'm, there's no one that I could, no managers. I'm sorry. You probably want to stop the process. Do you know what she said? What'd she say? I appreciate your vulnerability on that. That's fine. We'll, we, we'll continue without the references. And I think a lot of times salespeople are just trying to make things up along the way because they're afraid of rejection, uh, which by the way, is not a good thing in your, if you're in sales. And they don't really tell the truth. And being knowing how to be vulnerable enough that one shows courage. It shows courage. It shows self-worth. Um, and it's just being human. And I think at the end of the day, that balance between you know, being assertive yet being nurturing um, is is a very, very, very fine balance. And if we're able to exhibit that in that interview process, that is something that we then can continue to take into the role, which a lot of times we struggle because, you know, we're needy. People are needy. They want to get the role and I get it. You know, they want to make money and they've been out of business for long. Uh, they've been out of work for long enough and pressure and all this other stuff. But I think sometimes we really need to take take a step back, take a deep breath, understand who we are. The last thing we want to do is, you know, get hired for the wrong company. We miss a greater opportunity down the line. 100%. I think that part about vulnerability, it's so crucial to expose your vulnerability in the, in the interview. Like if you, if you have to, bring it up, right? Yep. Um, you know, they're going to ask you tough questions. If you don't understand those questions, you're going to ask them to say, sorry, I don't understand the question. Like bring it up again. It's, I mean, I, like you said, the problem is, is it's a tough market and people want to get that job. They're dying to get that job. They'll do anything and they basically go by the book. They do what the interviewer wants them to say and not what they are, right? And not what they want to say. So that's the, that's the big problem. 
Do you want to hear a really good, a good interview question? Name yes. me five closing techniques that you use consistently and how you use them in your sales process. No. Every single salesperson will look, look at you like it's a you know, deer in the headlights. I'm like, what? And they start making stuff up. The cool ones will say, James, you got me. I'm, you know what? I just now realized I don't even know, which is okay, by the way. And most people don't know. And that's, again, that will, that will separate the men from the, from the boys. Um, cool. And so, yeah. Uh, but I agree 100%. So, Hilton, tell us a little about you. What do you like to do in your spare time? So We're not dealing with the recruitment. So I love tennis. I'm a tennis player. I love playing uh, uh, tennis. I play like twice a week, uh, three hours a time. I'm like that's on awesome. the courts. Love it. I don't. That's my. That's where I get rid of all the. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. You know, you're in a you're in a super important role. I think uh, your profession is. Um, I mean, you're you just make the world a better place for a lot of different people and just help people make their dreams come true. I mean, I have a huge amount of respect for recruiters. Um, HR people, on the other hand, uh, you know, with them, uh, I also respect them, but I know it's tough for them. But you guys really just, you connect people and you connect people and you help people grow and you feed families. And I think that's an awesome profession to have. And and just, you know, the the, the high frequency of what you do is, is super important. Um, Hilton, uh, this is a point where I need to ask you our favorite question. Uh, what is your secret sauce? And I like to say, what is your secret sauce for selling? And you can answer that for selling or for, for hiring or for getting hired. What, so what is your secret sauce that you would like to let the listeners uh, take away from this uh, episode? So I think my secret sauce for the interview process and for hiring the right salespeople is that passion and that grit. Try and identify somebody that yeah. has passion and that has that 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 wants to be in your organization you can ask questions and understand that they want to be in there so it's about finding passion if you can find that passion in that person i reckon it's 100 percent. that's awesome i love it all right cool and is there anything uh, you're listening to reading these days anything you'd like to share any cool podcasts any books um any mini series i got some you know everyone shows uh, shows different things anything you feel that listeners could uh it could help them on their journey to success. I mean, there's one great one that I listened to. Um, it's the uh, the Sandler one, uh, your one actually. Okay, thank <laughs> you. I so listen much. to yours, and I love listening to your stuff because it gives great tips. You know, I'm in the sales area as well. Recruiters essentially are also sales, and and yeah. I love the tips. I love listening to the guests. I love listening to the conversations. Um, so that's one of the things. And on my daily walks, I listen to some uh, other like audiobooks like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and the classics, you know? Awesome. Comic. Awesome. Yeah. Audiobooks are great. Um, I highly recommend to listen, especially if you're looking for work right now. And by the way, listeners, if you're looking for work right now and you, you're not going through audiobooks um, and uh, self-help stuff um, and, and personal improvement stuff, then it's just a waste of time. That stuff is really going to get you closer to your next role. That's my opinion. Excellent. Hilton, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been a great guest. This is an important topic. Um, I'm hoping to have you back on the show again, and I look forward to us uh, catching up. Um, and to the listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, make sure that uh, no matter what you do, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Good selling. Thanks, James. Take care.